Is your new year still falling flat? You are not alone. This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy. But Planet Fitness has the cure. Boost your energy with tons of equipment in our clean and spacious clubs for $1 down and $10 a month. No commitment. Cancel any time. Deal ends January 31st. See Home Club for details. Yo, what's happening with what's happening? Welcome to What's Happening. I'm Brad. I'm it's the show we talk about what's happening. What's happening with you, bro? Now, as you can see, I'm blurry, and that's about to bother the crap out of me right now because I can't get this thing to focus, and I'm trying to. So, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, I'm good. What about you, bro? I'm good, man. Um, you know, I'm kind of in the same situation. Uh, before, you know, I um, uh, t- today, I, I yeah, I can talk. I promise. Um, I spent the weekend out in Grand Rapids for work, man, and. And, you know, usually when I get back, it's just like, oh, man, let's get back. Let's kick with the kids. I haven't seen them all weekend. This, that, and the third, blah, blah, blah. Man, this time I had so much stuff to do. Bro, I've literally been ripping and running since 7 a.m. Like from the moment that I woke up, did my workout in Grand Rapids, made my way back home, been busy ever since I, I got to the house. And now I'm chilling, talking to my bro. Um, real quick, man. Um, I haven't even uh i haven't talked to you really because i've been busy but you know i'm assuming everything's been all right uh with the flooding and everything that's been happening down in kentucky i'm assuming uh, that yeah uh i'm about to actually go towards that direction tomorrow but that's actually eastern kentucky and i'm central kentucky so um we blessed not to see it a lot of times i look at it like this we probably won't get much of anything you see on tv um just because we 10 minutes outside of Fort Knox, and I feel like it's probably one of the most safest places okay. in, in America. So a lot of times I don't see a whole lot happening to it and being 10 minutes outside of it, I don't see a whole lot happening to us. Not saying that it can't, because, you know, yeah. God, God do what he won't, but <laughs> right. other than that, you know, next to that, I don't see too much really going down our way. I feel it, man. I'm glad you and the family are good. I figured so. You would have told me otherwise. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I had to go ahead and check in just to be safe. But, man, I think we're going to have another great episode. We got a guest here joining us from Dallas, Texas, Miss, Miss, Mrs., right? Mrs. Deba Douglas. Hi. I'm so excited to be here with you guys tonight. Thank you so much for having me. No, we appreciate you tap it in with us and you know coming on coming on to what's happening to you know talk about what you've done and, and to share your story with our listeners and um and be that beacon of light i think the post was i think i saw you and you said hey i got a story i want to tell people i want to tell people that they can make it that they can do it and i said i got a platform for you to do that <laughs> awesome so um, and, and y'all know how we do and what's happening. Those of you that, that watch and listen every week. And again, if you're uh, doing either, we appreciate that. Share this with a friend because I got a feeling that this is going to be something that you absolutely want to. There's somebody that, that's going to listen to this that is going to need to listen to this, I should say. But um, y'all have listened to us do interviews in the past. There's nothing rehearsed. So, Deba, I'm going to let you go ahead and take it away. Well, nice. Well, like they mentioned, um, I did put a post and I'm like, I want to just share how I literally was a principal at a high school and I have like over 16 years of education experience. I went to college to be a teacher and then I just quit and was like, this is not what I want to do anymore. And I was really unhappy with my nine to five. And a lot of us are in that same place where we're just like, I know there's more to life. I know I'm supposed to be doing more. There's more purpose or something. And so I literally jumped and went 
into real estate. And I remember praying before I quit, like, what, what, what does God want me to do? What is that that he wants me to do? And I remember in church praising, and worshiping like a normal Sunday. And I hear God saying real estate. And then a part of me is like, I'm mad because I'm like, well, real estate is a lot of stuff you can do in real estate. Like I could be a realtor, I could be an investor, but you know what? Looking at it now, four years later, when he said that, he meant that because now I am a realtor and I have a team of agents, about nine agents under me. Um, and we do anything where it comes from building houses, new construction, first time home buyers, working with investors. I even now buy land and build houses. And we just finished one of our first developments um, and we were going to sell it, but we decided to keep it as a rental. Um, we have over 20 rental properties now that we rent out to people in the different communities because we know everyone has a different season. Um, so I do a little bit of everything when it comes to real estate investing. We flip houses. So anything that has to do with real estate, I'm involved with it. Okay. So you you kind of went all over the place there. You said you became a real you became a realtor. You are a broker. Um, you are uh, an architect. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So, um, what was going on in, in in detail? What was going on in your life that made you? that made you realize that you weren't happy with where you were? Well, at that time, I'd already had two children and I was spending a lot more time at work handling with other people's children than I was with my own kids. And so that mom guilt is definitely real. So you're seeing, you know, parents come to your my school being with their kids. And I'm like, I can't even go eat lunch with my kids. I can't even pick them up early to do anything because I'm at work the majority of time. So me just seeing that and realizing that, you know what, I have two black boys at home. I need to be very involved with their school, with everything that's going on in the world. So that's what kind of kind of was a segue for me. And I wasn't happy and I didn't have any aspirations of moving up on that, you know, corporate ladder um, per se. So it was kind of like I'm stuck and I still had over 15 plus years before I could think about retiring. So I was like, I know I can't do this for 15 more years. Like I have to figure something out. So go ahead, bro, go ahead. So what, but okay. So the turning point was the mom guilt, but you know, you said God told you to get in the real estate did you just go out there on faith or did you like start working towards your real estate license while you still was a principal? Like, how did you navigate through that? Because I'm sure losing the income and stepping out there got to be kind of hard as well. So very, very true. So some randomly, I ended up reading a book like my, I guess a couple of years before I decided to quit. I read a book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And I know that's kind of a book that everyone says they read, but I read that book and that book really changed the trajectory for me because my husband and I, we both went to college, we went to school, we got a good job. So we're following literally what society tells us, this is what you're supposed to do. But more and more, we continue to get into debt. We continue to go through all of these different things. And then I realized reading that book, that I have more liabilities than I have assets. So that was kind of like the biggest turning point of like, you know what, maybe real estate may be that segue. And then having the mom guilt. So during that time, while I was trying to figure out, okay, praying, like trying to figure out what I'm gonna do, I did start working on my real estate license. And it took me about a year. So like during the time when I'm supposed to be dealing with kids, when as soon as they walk out of my office, I'm like back on trying to work on finishing my real estate license. And then at the same time, my husband and I, we, we you know, we sacrificed a lot. We stopped, you know, going out to eat. We stopped going on different trips because we were like, you know what, we need to take a step back in order to really grow in the future. And so during that time, we started saving enough money where we could buy our first rental property. And so we bought that first rental property while we were both working full-time jobs. Um, and it was a duplex in Fort Worth. 
Um, and that was like about an hour away from where we lived. And that was kind of the spiral of slowly making that transition. So. Dope. Okay, so. I'm going to backtrack a little bit, but why do you feel you lost the passion? Fred, your microphone volume just went way down mid-sentence, but I think you were going to ask to the effect of the passion of being a teacher. You know, that was something that you pursued, um, and then, you know, you did it for a long time. You know, what was happening to – why was that desire burning? I think that's what you were trying to ask, Fred. Just basically, yeah, like, you know, what what killed that, you know? You know, I'll say politics. Um, I really love kids. I really want to do what's right by kids. Uh-oh, I think we lost Fred. He'll, he'll work it out. See? <laughs> and, <laughs> so I think it was just the, I'm a very, I'm a call, I'm more of an executor. If I see a need, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to take take control, try to handle it. In education, that's not really the way it needs to be. There's a lot of protocol. There's different things that you can't do. And I think I just got to the point that, you know what, if I become my own boss and I become my own landlord, then I create it myself. And I can say who I want in the house. I can help people with different seasons. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> but, <laughs> a little bit of that, too. I can tell you stories. But I think I was just over it. I mean, I want to take more control of my life, and I couldn't do that. You know, something that, that stood out to me, and I, I'm going off track for a little bit, um, you know, you mentioned how you did everything the right way. And I've been thinking about this one young lady in particular that I used to work with about 15 years ago named Kelly. And so 15 years ago, 2007, if you could think about where the economy was and where it was headed at this point. She had graduated four years out of college, did everything the right way, you know, got good grades in high school, went to college, studied, graduated in four years, had this degree, and then the economy was just in shambles. She's 20, 22, maybe 23 years old at the time, and the economy is in shambles, and now she's got this degree, and she can't do anything with it. And... Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen the girl in easily. I can confidently say I haven't seen her uh, in, in in 12 or 13 years. So, you know, I, I'm sure she's doing well now. But, you know, it, it's, it's really, she's been on my mind in particular. And, yeah, I guess, you know, kind of expand upon that. Whereas you're like, I'm doing everything the right way. And it's still not working out for me. It's still not working out. I, I mean, and... And I'm kind of jaded at this point where I am now in my life that I kind of feel like it was all a lie. I feel like it was all a setup for us to just continue to pay taxes and to put yourself in a box where you're middle class, mm. where I'm thinking, you know, I went to college, I actually ran track in college, you know, and then going and getting a degree, going and getting a great job, thinking it was great because it had benefits. And thinking like, okay, I'm on the right track. You know, I have this great title. I can't wait for someone to ask me what I'm doing, what I do, because I can tell them about this title. But then deep down inside, like, we only got paid once a month as educators. It was never enough. I mean, I could only go on trips in the summertime. Everything was really fixed. And they tell you, okay, buy a house. It'll help you with your taxes. It helps a little bit, but not a whole lot. And then they tell you have kids. That's another deductible. It helps a little bit, but not not enough. Yeah. You feel it because now you gotta feed them. <laughs> feed them. We got daycare. We got all these other things. And so I feel like society sets us up to feel like you go to school, you do all these things. The blessing is I didn't have any student loans or have any debt, but I have a lot of friends that do have debt. So it's even harder for them to get approved for a house. It's harder for them to, you know, be able to do more because their debt to income is so much higher. But it's all a setup of just being on this hamster wheel. I remember like going to work, sprinting to get out the door and barely saying bye to my kids. And then I'm not coming home till after they're in bed because we had a football game or something. And that's not life. Like, I think for me, I could care less how much money I make. But the time and freedom that I have now 
Now that's the beautiful thing. And I think at the end of the day, the older we get, that's what we're chasing is more time and freedom. Yeah, no, I, I that. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know what uh, I mean? Like, I'm just happy to go no, no video too. It's all good. It's a podcast. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like I, I agree with you hundred percent because I was in that situation. It wasn't, you know, school teaching or anything to that nature, but um, I was just in retail and being in retail and being a manager, you know, I always just, I always wanted to, oh, I want to get to management. I want to get to management. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to climb the totem pole so, so damn bad that, you know, it's like, I'll do whatever to get up here. Cause I can make a difference. I could do this. I could do that. So you figure out when you get up there, it's the same show. You're not finna do shit. You just finna do what they tell you to do. And you either gonna like it or you're not. Now you got some parameters that you can change some things to it you know but you can't you can't go in depth like you thought before you got that role like you know you have these great aspirations and ideas and you're gonna hold on to those because this is not your show um and that's i think you know kind of the the biggest part and then when you have kids it plays a role because i didn't notice it but being in retail at one point uh, my lady, she asked me, she, or she told me, she said, you know, the kids, uh, asked, was we still together? And I was like, well, why the hell would they ask something like that? You know, I, I'm just oblivious to it. Cause that's what I do. I work, I come home, you know? And she was like, because, you know, I, she was like, I asked the same thing. And she was like, because they say when they wake up for school, you're not here. And when mm-hmm. you go to bed, you're not here. So theoretically they don't see you until like the weekend or something if you do get a little bit of time or whatnot on the weekend but yet still you're generally working or when you do get home somebody's calling off or didn't show up so you're going back to cover a shift and you know it didn't weigh on me until she said that and then I started noticing things like when I would get home at 7 30 after being gone you know saying since 5 36 30 in the morning somebody called and you know, I got to go back to cover that shift. My three-year-old is just crying. Like, I want to go with you. I want to go with you. And it's like, well, you can't. You do things your own way. You make things your own, just the way you like them. Your bank should do that for you too. The Bank of Clark is the bank for that. From banking to lending to wealth management, when you need financial services built just for you, we're the bank for that. Find out what banking design just for you is all about. Call 1-800-650-8723. Visit your local Bank of Clark branch today or go to bankofclark.bank. That's bankofclark.bank. We're the bank for that. Member FDIC. You know, and that that made a big difference. And that's when I started to realize. And I was like, you know, I got to make some type of change. Right, right. Because the kids will do it. The kids will be the one that that main factor of like, you remember how you grew up and it makes you wonder like, okay, I wanted to have a better life for my kids. Yeah, I mean, I can even add to that. You know, I um, I was a, and I think we've actually talked about this on a previous episode, Fred, but. Um, I think so. I've uh, I used to be a, a district manager for a Verizon retailer uh, for a, a long time, and I mean I would be out of the house nine nine thirty in the morning, um, and, and home nine nine thirty at night, just out there doing things. And that wasn't necessarily every day, but six days a week, no problem. I, I, I'm in there, right? Just gone, 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 and then the phone is always on because. If somebody got a question, they got to call me. They call me, and I'm I'm picking up the phone, or I'm texting right back. You know, only really two true days off for Thanksgiving and Christmas because the business were closed on those days. And even still, you're saying, "Hey, happy Thanksgiving! I appreciate you guys. I'm thankful for you." Right? Um, and not saying that 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 wasn't genuine, but I'm just saying that it was every day there was some sort of touch point into the business every single this must day. Post COVID, this shoe back in our days, we we spent Thanksgiving <laughs> in that Joker for at least four hours before That's we true. changed to you know the next. Well, Friday. well, the, Veri- <laughs> the Verizon store didn't open on on Thanksgiving Day. The, the Target Mobile days for sure. <laughs> but, but all of that said, to say is that so with my youngest baby girl. Um, you know, she didn't really kind of get the 
the the end of that, like her like her mother said, I, I left that job in 2020, and um, you know I haven't worked to that degree since that point. So I love all my kids. I have great relationships with all my kids, but me and that baby girl, there's something <laughs> there, and 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 it's and it's you know she's for sure a daddy's girl, but it's definitely attributed to the fact that. Every single morning that she wakes up, the first face that she sees is daddy. Mm-hmm. And every single night when she goes to bed, the last face that she sees is daddy. Every single day, unless the, the off, like this past weekend when I'm out of town. So out of the 365 days, you know, a good 348 of them, it's daddy in the morning and daddy at night. So all of that said to say, yes, like just that, that being present, mm-hmm. it, it makes a massive difference. So it I can... Does. I can absolutely amplify everything you guys are saying. Um, and, you, and you talked about it like your system is just it's set up for you to fail, so to speak. And you kind of realize like, oh, this is, yeah, Fred, we did this episode. <laughs> I mean, we did to a extent, but, you know, yeah. I, I think I want to be able to touch on, you know, the part of saying that the system is set up to fail. But I think, you know, our generation and you know we're moving to the point where it's more i i know that job will replace me and i can replace that job so mm-hmm. at the same time the playing field has become a little more even you know i'm not you know what I'm saying trying to brag or boast about it but i'll tell my job in a heartbeat hey check this out you know i'm asking to be to be nice you know that's protocol but um I'm I letting you here. know right now. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Gee, we could do this without pay. We could do this with a leave of absence. We could let me go. I mean, it's your choice. This is work at will. I understand that very well. But let me tell you something. If I tell you I'm finna be there for my kids, you can bet your bottom dollar. It, it ain't no if, ands, or in-betweens. Because at the same time, I can go out here just like I found y'all and find something different. Yeah. Or, or if not find something different, I know how to create money, you know what I'm saying, myself, whether it's cutting grass or doing odd and then works in homes or, you know what I'm saying, maybe it'll turn me up on wanting to wholesale some more houses or, or what have you because now I ain't got no choice. I don't have the income. I got to get thirsty and get hungry out here and make some shake. So, you know, I think we're just in an era now where we, we kind of see a little better where you can't dangle this check you know what I'm saying, over my head to trade it for these eight to 12 hour days. It it doesn't really work in that same aspect anymore. Yeah, I would even agree because I feel like the generations are changing. And I think for a lot of us in the older generation, we looked at the job as our identity. You know, like we felt like, you know, that job literally is who I am. And as we get older, we're like, we are so much more. We have so much more other skills and so many other things that we can do. Or definitely for me, I felt like that job was literally the identity of who I am. And then as I'm learning more about myself, I start finding my own value. I'm like, I don't even care to do this. Like, this <laughs> I don't do. Like, no, I don't want to do that. And that and that's and it's so real because you know we were finding value in ourselves. And I think we grew up learning that that was kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like it was kind of institutionalized into our, our head. Like, because you grew up, if, if your folks, if any of your folks worked at Ford, GM, Dana Chrysler, you know what I'm saying? F- places like that. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all well off. Y'all a decent family. Y'all ain't really struggling, but y'all ain't rich either. You know what I mean? You probably gonna have a nice car for whatever company you work for every few years. And you know what I'm saying? But them people, you knew they were decent or well-off people because of the job they worked at. You know what I'm saying? If somebody said my mom was a lawyer or a doctor, you go, oh, oh yeah, y'all got money over there. Right. You know what I mean? That, that was the status quo because of, you know, the way school makes you feel needing this job and having to go to school and the ones who go to school for longer period of time, times to obtain harder degrees are going to get more money. You are really, you know, what I'm saying brainwashed into that mindset. It's so funny you say that, Fred. I remember seeing 
some sort of graph with the sliding scale and it was it was showing like the levels of education commensurate to the amount of money you make and basically what the graph basically clearly laid out was the more education you have the more money you make and i and i think about that in particular over the last couple of weeks or so because and i'm going a little off topic but it's it, it's on topic at the same time um a friend of mine on facebook shout out to irene um she just shared a post was like hey there's some good jobs out here that are available now, i'm not looking for a job but you know my wife does she does a lot of hard work for for what she gets paid so i just look mm-hmm. to see all right what, what's sitting there right and i go and i see this job and it's a great job and like oh yeah she can do this like this matches her skill set and all of that right yep. um and i'm looking at the pay i'm like this is more money than what she's making now <laughs> like, let's go i copied the link i sent it to her she was like what's this about i was like well now i'm just looking at it she was like it's to be a librarian and i'm like yeah like this is like it's like to be like a children's library something like that um and i'm like yeah this is perfect with everything you've done in the past and yeah like this is perfect for you and i didn't realize you have to have a master's degree now they out there rabbit ass mind you can't even keep the library open you know what i'm saying you ain't even getting enough tax funding and you talking about a list almost I almost went there, bro. They about to cancel this show on Facebook. A bro. master's degree to be a librarian to say be quiet. The I- book is over here, but people don't even know how to look a, a book up in the library no more. You know what I'm saying? And, like, and, and you and you really want to go there with a master's degree? That man that got hot. Look at him. Yeah, it's it's justifying the point that yeah. This is ridiculous. And, 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 and I'm going to keep it all. I'm going to just pull the covers all the way back. I have no degree. And the starting salary for that job <laughs> that required a master's degree is less. Significantly less than what I make now. So it's just, it, it's garbage. Now, I, I want to get back on topic, which is you, Deborah. Um, Talk about some of your, your inspirations. Because, you know, listen, I my daddy was a preacher. I got plenty of preachers in my family. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose on the third day and you got to be saved. All of that, right? I'm with you. Right. But but you can hear that word on Sunday and come Thursday be like, hey, Jesus, you tripping. <laughs> What's, what, what were the inspirations that kept you going? You know what? I will say my husband for sure. Okay. So I grew up in a household that my parents were entrepreneurs. And they were, they did like commercial janitorial services, but they were the ones like going out, trying to find the bids, trying to get the contracts and then placing people there to work. And I remember like when people didn't show up to work, then my parents would use me and my siblings to go clean. And I remember doing this, you know, middle school, high school. And I remember telling myself, I just want a regular nine to five job so I can be at home and watch TV at seven o'clock. Because I could never do that. I know it sounds so crazy, so bizarre. And I remember like, you know, growing up, I mean, meet my husband in college, we're talking and, you know, you know, we decide we end up getting married and, you know, start living our lives. And he said, you are naturally an entrepreneur. Like your parents are entrepreneurs. That is really Mm -hmm. in your spirit. That's what you need to be focusing on. And I was like, no, because when I was doing stuff with my parents, all I wanted to do was just be at home and watch TV at seven o'clock. And the silly reason was I would go to school and people would be like, hey, did you watch that show? Did you see that? Music? Yeah. Like, no, because I was working. I was okay. with my parents. And then like just little things that I would do, I would always be creative. And I would always be like, man, you can make money doing this. You could probably do this. And my husband would always continue to like say, that is what's in you. You really need to nurture that spirit because that's just something natural for you. And so during that time when I was like, I really don't like my job, he was the one that continued to pour that into me and pouring into me, like just tap into whatever is natural for you, really focus on that. And so he saw a lot in me before I even saw myself. And that was really the game changer for me of like, okay, you know what? He keeps talking about it. Maybe I start seeing myself in that way. And that's kind of how it all kind of progressed was having someone strong like that in my life that continued to support me even when I couldn't even see it myself. Hey, shout out to the husbands, 2-0, two weeks in a row, you know what I mean? <laughs> Pushing and supporting their women. Hey, shout out to the husbands. We up. 
Hey, for sure. But I had to put that in there. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and so what I was going to say is I, I, one thing I, I'm really loving about doing this show. So we're, we're less than a year old right now. But you talked about tapping into what's in you. I'm forgetting the quote, but Parrish Patton, the host of Entrepreneur Kickback, he had Ken Blanks Harrell. I'm saying his name wrong. Um, Ken Blanks. But he had Ken Blanks on his show. And he talked about tapping into what's in you. Um to, to be able to, to produce. I'm forgetting the exact quote. Y'all go listen to the Entrepreneur Kickback. You'll get that. But you talked about, like, you know, you kind of grew up around it. Uh, about a month or so ago, we had Nina and Reggie on. They're, you're in Texas. They're in North Carolina. And Reggie talked about how his father was an entrepreneur and he grew up with it. And then maybe two or three months Maybe maybe longer than that, right. but we had one of my high school friends, Ray. He talked about how his father and his mother they were all entrepreneurs, and and like so, you just you, you just put it it yeah. It, it's just it, it blows my mind how you can talk to so many different people from so many different areas with the, with a different story, but that same base. Yes, and I, I've said this I think on a couple episodes because we've had these people that. You know, I'm a firm believer in, you know, what you grow up around, you know, saying at an early age was taught to you because, you know, that's the reason I have that entrepreneurial spirit because my father, you know, what I'm saying owns his own business and, and always has. So it's, it, you know what I mean? And, and Bradley tell you, like, when you were saying, like, you always see the business side of almost anything, I, I can resonate with you because I'm the same way. Bradley could say something that he know I probably have no real interest or correlation to. I'm like, man, that's pretty damn profitable right there. If you just, <laughs> he's like, what? I'm like, bro, like that could be, hey, that might be up your alley. You might want to look into that. He'd be like, nah, you tripping. I'm like, all right. I don't say I ain't tell you when somebody else doing it, though. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get where you're coming from with that because it's sometimes it's just, it's in you, no matter what you want to do. And it's funny that, you know, you was like, you know, I just want to be at home so I could watch TV because you was missing to you. You're missing out on what was really cool or happening. You know what I'm saying? And, and you can't relate because you like these mugs swear they don't never let us have a life. We always got to do something. You know what I mean? Like that's that's how like a lot of people like, hey, uh, you, you know what I'm saying? You cut grass for a living. Hell no. Nah. Now, will I? Yeah, don't get me wrong. But no, because I hate it. Like every time I come, you know what I'm saying, to my dad's, it's like, hey, boy, go grab that more. You know wow. what I'm saying? We finna go over here. We gotta cut five yards. It's like, I'm here for summer vacation. I'm not here to be cutting lines with you, dog. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, hey, we gonna, we, no, nah, we ain't cutting no grass today, but we about to go paint a house. For what? Yeah. It's not ours. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? But that was how he earned his money. And I, I was just like you. I just wanted to play basketball. I wanted to be able to talk sports with the fellas outside. Like, I didn't want to do all that. But now it's just in me. I, I can't control it. It's just there. You That's know? it. And, and it's just it's what you grew up with. It's what you've seen. It's what you was around. You know what I mean? And that's I think that's one of the biggest keys, you know what I'm saying, to – to going into business for yourself is it's not also just what you're around but what you're into like what you like you know you the other reason you might not have been so into it with your parents business is because it ain't what interests you right that's that's one thing i used to tell you know employees that worked for me back in the day is they were like well you know like i really thought i'd be good at these sales and you know i would i would be a natural but it's just not coming to me i'd be like well maybe electronics is just not your thing go sell something that you like that you can wake up and think of it you go to sleep looking it up like you're not even at work and you're still interested in what it has to offer in this you know what I'm saying field or this area that's how you know okay this might be something i want to figure out where i fit in at because wow. I'm willing to consume my time without anybody pushing me, without anybody asking me, begging me. I'm willing to beat anybody else to knowing about this, you know what I'm saying, next move within this niche. That's true. Because I'm so engulfed into what it has to offer. Like you said, real estate has so much to offer. Okay, you might like selling, you know, traditional 
loans or you might like doing the buying the uh, subdivisions and doing new development, you know, and, and selling out lots or, or what have you, you know what I'm saying, for new constructions, working with the architects, having three or four different builds that you guys are capable of doing with the builders you have. You know what I mean? It, it just depends on what it is you like. Me personally, I like the aspect of wholesaling to say, I ain't got to go to school and I ain't got to pay nobody. You know what I mean? Like I always want to be the outlaw to the situation. I don't, I don't want to go to today. Bradley going to roll his eyes because <laughs> it's never going to be traditional with me. I got like, ask, you can ask Bradley, but pretty much if he ain't got to ask me, is this truly legal all the way? It probably ain't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I'm just, I'm being honest though. You know what I mean? Like he, because he, he's not, he's not the daredevil type. He, he's not going to take the risk. So, He's going to ask me off top because he's like, look, I know you might cut a corner or two. I ain't saying you won't do legal stuff, but I'm just saying, like, will we get in trouble behind it? I've never heard of nobody else doing it, so I'm just trying to clear, you know what I'm saying, like, do we have a right to do this? Yeah, bro, I done did the research. All right, all right. <laughs> you know, he, he'll back off, but it's like, I, I don't feel like, like, to me, I hate paying somebody to tell me what I can do, what I can be. Yes. I'm yes. just like, I'm just laughing because he just peeled the covers back on like seven years of conversation. <laughs> you, for the record, you can wholesale. I wholesale all the time. It, and see that that's that's the thing. And see, but a lot of realtors don't know that you know they what I'm don't. saying it's, it's legal, or because they're brainwashed from the old school real estate days. You know, oh, wholesalers are illegal. They hide behind fake names and fake emails and you know, Google voice numbers, they won't give out their real number. And it's like, okay, just because they don't, don't make them, you know what I'm saying, illegal or, or not have a right to do it. But at the same token, you know what I'm saying? To me, I like the wholesale aspect because to me, they're hungry. Right. You know what I mean? They're, they have that, I got to go get it because I don't have nobody with a sign for me saying, hey, I sell for this big, beautiful company. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I I don't have the same time limit that they have to put a house under contract and, and get the job done. You know what I mean? So to me, they they have to go after it. They, they going door to door. They they up and down these streets. They putting out signs and flyers word of mouth to where, to me, some realtors, they going to eat off what come to them, what come through the funnel system, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying, the, and, and where they at on the ups. That ain't ain't really my cup of tea. You know what I mean? Because when I went in the car sales, they want somebody that was hungry, that was that was a beast. They want that in real estate, but to me, you don't get that from the traditional side. So that's the yeah, other reason I, I don't, you know what I'm saying, like it. And then I done had a lot of realtors that, you know, think like me, but still took the traditional way. And they be like, yeah, I just got to get through these two years because I feel like I'm getting pimped by my broker. You know what I'm saying? And I and I don't like that aspect either. Like, why am I hunting down the deals, doing all the legwork, dealing with all the crap, and then all you finna do is take it to the to the title company, put your stamp of approval on it, basically, and now I'm finna cut you some bread. Nah, that ain't that don't sit well with me. You know yeah. what I mean? So, but it ain't to say that that, you know what I'm saying, is not the role for somebody else. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I, when I think about that, I think what makes me successful as a realtor, because I have the host, the, the investor background first, because I started with doing, understanding wholesaling, starting with working with wholesalers, starting buying properties off market, where when someone just goes into real estate school, all they're doing is following the box. It's kind of like a corporate world. But what I love about real estate, because I have that investment side, I'm always thinking about a creative way you can turn this around and make it into something. Like this year alone, my husband and I, we're already at buying like our 10th property. And all 10 of those properties have been all off market. I never buy from straight from a realtor. I never buy from the MLS. They're always off market, maybe directly from the seller, maybe directly from another wholesaler. But the key of investors we are going to find ways to be creative. Hey, maybe you don't negotiate our price, but we can come up with some type of figure or some type of offer that you can walk away, be happy. I can walk away and be happy. We both put money in both of our pockets. Word. 
And hey, if anybody ain't just here, your realtor just told you she don't even buy on the market. So I hope y'all was paying attention. Woo. You know what I mean? So there, that means there's ways to get the deal done without having to go the traditional way, the FHA way, the first time home buyer way, whatever way that they try to fit you in a box, there's still ways around. It. Yeah. And there's a big key that they do not tell you. If you are like a first time home buyer and you have never bought a house, you don't have an FHA loan, you can buy up to a fourplex with yep. that FHA loan. And sometimes depending on your lender, you can even get down payment assistance. So if you found a fourplex and one of them was vacant, you live in one of those units and you rent out the other three. And if you do it right, you don't pay a mortgage at all. And you live there for a year and a half and then you move out, keep that house as a rental and literally all four now are rented out and that will cover your next mortgage. And you can do that up to 10 times in your own name. Indeed. Indeed, you know, and, I, and like she said, y'all hit, hit rewind you, and listen to that again. Hit rewind and listen to that again. Hey, not only that, they put those other three rentals as income, so that increases what you can afford now. Well, if you make forty thousand, and they include that as an extra thirty thousand, you're now making seventy thousand dollars on paper. And you have never lived there a day. You haven't owned it yet for a day. But on paper, you now make $70,000 because of the potential. That's it. That's that it can make. So now if you're worried about, you know, your debt to income ratio, that's not a, a real issue when you're on a fourplex <laughs> because you just increased your income by a third or more. Yeah towards that fourplex. And then, like she said, you live there for a year and a half, you hop up out of there and you rent that last one out. And now I go ahead and start the, the snowball effect and get everything rolling. So Deba, let's, let's go back to you for a little bit because, you know, there's going to be somebody listening to this and they say, you know, this sounds so great. This sounds so inspirational, but I'm just scared. Were, were you, were you, did you have any fears? Oh, yes. I was terrified. I didn't have, I couldn't even sleep at night. The day that I was like, okay, I'm going to submit my two weeks. I'm just going to be out. I didn't sleep at all because I was like, well, what if this real estate stuff doesn't work? Like, what if I can't sell any houses? What if the tenants move out and I don't have any rent money to help with the passive income that we have? But you know what? I know what's going to happen to me if I stay five years later. I know where I'm going to be. I might as well try it out and see what happens because I kept thinking like education going to be there. They're going to always need teachers. They're going to always need administrators. And if I have to eat some humble pie and go back and be a teacher and not an administrator, I'll go back and do that. But at least I know I tapped in and tried what I felt God was yearning for me to do. So it's kind of one of those, I would jump make it calculated, take some sacrifices, have some money to the side. But if it's really nudging you and that's what like continues to come up is whatever that dream, whatever that aspiration is, that means God is already telling you, you need to do it. He just needs you to do it so he can be the supplement and cover the rest. Ooh -wee. Talk about some of those sacrifices. I know you touched on it a little bit earlier, but yeah. you know, talk about that's what some of those sacrifices look like. Yeah. So I, like any other woman, we love a nice purse and I would always try to get a nice purse every year, sometimes two. I stopped getting purses because, hey, as soon as I buy it, I'll never be able to sell it for more or what I bought it for. Um, my family always goes on really nice trips. We stopped going with them on trips. Um, they love going out to eat to really nice steak restaurants. We stopped doing that. We even cut back on cable. We were doing straight Hulu or whatever we could come up with. That was before Hulu was really big at that time. Um, we just <laughs> cut back on a lot of things. Like my son, my oldest son, he was really big in like baseball, basketball, football. And sometimes we would do it like the entire year. We were always in something. So we just kind of cut back on things like that so that we could save more money and ultimately get to the point where now the passive income that we have from the rentals 
covers everything that we used to make from both of our jobs. Mm. Mm. So it's worth it. It's like delayed gratification. A lot of us don't want to do that because we feel like we work so hard all week and we deserve something on the weekend. I'm more like, I do deserve it. And when I do get it, it's going to be paid cash. It's going to be beautiful. And I don't even have to post it on Facebook because I know I got it. That's a bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's fact. Hey, I, man, she didn't drop so many jewels. <laughs> it's crazy. Hey, y'all better, better be listening, paying attention, writing it down. If y'all didn't share it when I told you at the beginning, it's time to share it now. Um, so Manny, that's my, what am I? We talking twenty some years? That's been my brother right there. But he's asking, does that include flipping the houses for a quick sale? Yes. Okay, I got to tell you about this one deal that I just did, and I wish I had the HUD statement because I would definitely share you the HUD statement. So I bought a house in like the Arlington area back in March, and I bought it for one sixty five. And I, it only needed about $15,000 worth of work. And I was going to rent it out, but Arlington's a little bit further out from me. So I was like, you know what? Let me just sell it. So we literally closed on it this past Friday. And I'm a, I don't want to share because I think my family may listen to this podcast. I don't even know. <laughs> but we walked away with literally what I used to make as a salary as a principal. In <laughs> Good Lord. Your imagination run wild. In profit. In profit. So that means she has it. You know. <laughs> and the killer is most people will say, well, how much cash did you have to bring to buy the deal? Because Zero. I do use a hard money lender. I only had to bring like 10000 That's it. And they cover the purchase price and the rehab cost. All I did was just cover the closing costs. So did you do a... Well, you didn't do any loan because you used a hard money lender. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that was a loan with them because I was about to say. Yeah. And that's what, they, three months, I'm out of it and I made my money. And I'm, I literally made what I used to make a whole year as a principal in one deal. Oh, well, that's Texas too. You said you got it for 165, 15 in. Houses out there probably going for anywhere from 253 and a half. I'll pick up quick. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can still do it. Yeah, now nah, that's okay. That's dope, though, because you said the rehab cost was included into it. So that you just picked, you just found you a company, or did you have, did I, did they? set up a timeline through the title company like when you finalize it to have everything done by no because the hard money lender will give you a loan for like anywhere from six to 12 months so and i just pay interest only payments until i sell it and get rid of the hard money loan oh yeah it's just like a car lot so basically yep. it's like a floor plan with the car lot you know what i'm saying so basically ooh, Lord. You you saw my face pick up on that. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Well, I mean, like I I kind of know some of it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna sit here and act like I know it all, but you know what I'm saying. She just she's putting some things in layman terms to where it was like, okay, like I knew about a hard money lender, and you know what I'm saying, paying them back. But you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking more of the long term of all right. I get the money from the hard money lender. I go buy the house. Now I'm on the clock. I got to get this house fixed up. I'm reaching in my pocket to try to get everything, getting family members like, oh, shit, I got to get this thing done. So therefore I can have it sold to give them their money back before it's all due. You know what I mean? Not thinking they just going to take little percentages monthly, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. on the interest and then collect the whole kit and caboodle, you know what I'm saying, either by deadline or before. That's Which, it. Preferably before, because the sooner you pay, the less interest you're going to pay to get back to that total amount. Because mm -hmm. a total amount going to have a built-in profit, plus they collecting, you know what I'm saying, their monthly interest. So, so real quick, just, and I think I pretty much got the idea of it, because it sounds like consignment, for, but for those that maybe we're talking way above, talk about what a hard money lender is versus traditional lending. Yeah. So 
traditional lending, they're going to ask you, like, let me see your tax returns. Let me see your pay stubs. They're going to want to know everything and some about you. The hard money lender, they just want to know you have a solid credit score. So like 600 and they want to know you have at least 15,000 in reserves and they want to know about the property. The property is the collateral. So if you decide to walk away from the property, they'll, you know, they will hold that against you on your credit, but they have this property that they can take from you. And a hard money loan is only a six month, sometimes 12 month loan where your FHA conventional loans, those are a 30 year loan. So with a hard money loan, they know that this is for a de-stressed property that needs updating to get it back up to the market level, the retail level. So they will give you the money to purchase the property and the rehab cost, and you are only responsible for bringing like the closing cost, and you're responsible for paying interest-only payment for the longevity that you have the loan. So the, essentially the hard money loan is, is that, to put it in, in the most basic terms possible, we know that you plan on selling this house. That's it. We're, we're going to help you facilitate this to make it as quick and easy for you as possible. At the same time, we ain't going to be messing with you all day. You need to get busy. You got six months yes. to get this done. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's it. Now, you can also, now, I do a lot of rentals as well. And I use the hard money lender to purchase the property, rehab it. And then when the house is rented out, I then go back to my regular lender and I do it under my LLC. And they literally will then give me a 30-year amortization loan. And then I do a cash out refinance for what the new value is. I get all my money back. I pay the hard money lender. And sometimes I walk away with a significant amount of money in my pocket, non-taxed. The yeah. game is to be sold, not told. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro, I'm just glad you finally getting a, a sight of why I be so like, bro. Oh. If we ain't talking about stuff like this. I ain't trying to talk like cause this folks out here catching a whole bag, and I mean a body bag full of bread. You bought the house from yourself to make a profit. Yeah. yeah. Why are you written it? Yeah. yeah. Cause you and know somebody legal? else gonna pay it off. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. Is what they've been doing for a lifetime. I know you gonna pay off my house. Sold. That's it. I know you gonna pay off my house. You paying my mortgage plus you putting in your own little reserve for maintenance and paying me a small little check too every month when you pay your rent every month it comes like clockwork like when they say money in your sleep yeah, i love yeah. the first of the month it's so funny because my husband and i will be the first of the month and we got to play bones thugs and harmony the first of the month <laughs> like that's just what we do i mean it's just one of those that's the realest couple i ever met <laughs> <laughs> that's the realest couple Look, they ready to wake up on the first, first through the fifth. That's the Look. kind of money where, like, you wake up and that's y'all the kind of couple. But hey, you've got to take this two thousand dollar check into the bank real quick. Yeah, I, I got a couple of those laying around. <laughs> and, hey, I was about to say, but we in a new new day and age where it's a lot of direct deposits. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you got like Section Eight, you know what I'm saying? Type government, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Assisted money. Oh, uh, they is never late. Always on time. Every First of the month, yeah. you guarantee they're going to drop you something right there, yeah. direct deposit. And with COVID, I will tell you, there was a lot of investors that were very like, no, I don't do Section 8. I do do some Section 8 because it helps me divers diversify my portfolio. Mm -hmm. I do regular retail, but some of them are Section 8. Because of COVID, I didn't have any worries. Because if somebody wasn't able to pay, one, I usually ask for a double deposit so that if you do act funny, I've already got two months while I'm trying to figure out what my next step is when you try to move out. But with Section 8, it was continual money no matter what was going on in the economy. Yep. So somebody's going to be listening to this, but you know what? This sounds all well and good, but I ain't got no money like that to be doing no hard money loans. I, I got a terrible credit score. What do you say to that person? I say to them, there's other things that we can do to get you into real estate, to get you capital. You can wholesale and I will show you exactly how to do that. You could even partner with someone that has the money and you just have the boots on the ground because there's a lot of people out there. They got the money. They just don't have the time to put into it. But if you get the knowledge, that's something no one can ever take from you. Yeah. Oh. 
Um, Manny also asked about uh, licensing, the the cost of licensing on the state or regular like, woo, bro. What did you say? <laughs> is wow. the cost of a license dependent on state, or is there a regular price of licensing regarding of the regardless of the state? Regarding like your real estate license, I'm yeah, assuming you mean real so. estate license. I will say state to state is going to be different, but. I always get, I get asked this all the time, like to be a good real estate investor, do I need to get my license? No. I think to be honest, I think sometimes being a realtor holds me back sometimes from jumping in and doing more bigger investment deals because mm -hmm. I do have to be, I, you know, I do have to be, you know, thinking about my license because especially with wholesaling, there's a certain way I have to wholesale because I am a realtor yeah. and there's certain things I have to always disclose to people that, Hey, I am a realtor, but I'm coming to you as an investor with my investment company. But really, I mean, I think state to state is going to be different. But if you want to be an investor, I wouldn't worry about the real estate license. So my question is, how much do you charge for somebody that wants to partner with you on wholesaling or learning wholesaling? So I'm actually rolling out a course that's going to tell you like step by step how to wholesale, how to flip how to do the burr, which is the long-term rentals, how to house hack with, you know, getting a regular loan and getting up to a four unit property. And it's literally step-by-step. Step. I share all my resources with you, my lenders, because they are nationwide. I give you everything you need to know. And I have created a comprehensive calculator that literally you just punch in the ARV and the purchase price and rehab, and it will immediately tell you if it's a good deal or not. And so I have that course, and I'm telling you, it's literally nothing. You need a test that. dummy? What's, what's... Yeah, I always take test dummies. <laughs> hey, you no, got two I'll... of them right here. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm, I'm so serious. You, you yeah. I, I'm, I'm so serious. Um, and I have mentees that have gone through my course um, right now. I have like two or three mentees. They're already working on their third property because they've already went through it. They bought a property, they rehabbed it, they flipped it and made anywhere from 40 to anywhere to 65,000. And that was just this year, my mentees that I've been working with this year. Well, yeah, we want to be some mentees, you know what I'm saying? We, mm -hmm. what, so what would the course cost? You know what I'm saying? Just have you put a price on the course yet? Yeah, so the course is only $1,500 and there is a monthly payment. And so I know I need to increase it. People tell me all the time, but you know what? For me, I just want people that look like me to learn how to create their own money. That promotion is from within. You ain't got to wait for nobody to tell you promoted. I just want to make sure that I am being a vessel to share with people. This is how you create your own money. So let me let me just go ahead because I, I want to let, let y'all know, anybody listening, anybody that shared this to somebody, you know, this right here, this part of the episode, I'm glad it's so unplanned um, and freestyle because usually when you get to somebody's show or somebody, especially in this real estate thing, because I've been in it for a minute, um, you get to this point and when somebody says the price in real estate, you hear 1500 And I'm going to speak because I know Bradley very well, you know, in general, I'm not saying he, he's going to do this with you, Diva, but I'm, I'm saying in general, if we would have heard that and we get off air, our guests go off, he's going to be like, man, bruh, I'm not giving nobody $1,500. I don't care what you're talking about. Uh, they lost me right there. It's another pyramid scheme. Like, I get it. I get it, people. I get it. I just want to say this is probably the lowest price. I have ever heard of for a mentee or to be trained in the wholesaling arena and not only not giving you just one part, but multiple parts, not only giving you multiple parts, but an ARV calculator. So ARV, actual retail value, in case anybody doesn't know, let's bring you up to speed real quick. And in the wholesaling market, if you want to know how to get the actual reselling value, it's been a minute since I looked, but the formula is something like actual retail value times market, which is usually somewhere back in the day, it was like 0. 0.7, mm -hmm. you know, saying up to 80.85%. Um, 
you know, now the market has changed. You're probably in your 80s a lot more, if not higher. You know, houses are selling for more than 100% of value. So you could be at 100% now when you do this. Um, but it is actual retail value times market um, subtracted by rehab costs, subtracted by profit. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, you want to be within 15% of your comparables. So if you got a calculator that can do all of that with just a couple numbers, you have more than $1,500 in your hand, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I just want y'all to be aware. And on top of that, um, I've been to, like I said, other people, I've heard 7,000, I've heard 10,000, mm -hmm. I've heard 5,000. Um, even, you know, the, the big homie Max Maxwell, he's a big famous name in the wholesale arena. I think it's like 2200 for his We Live course. Uh, well, it's not course, but it's like a meet and greet uh, weekend seminar. Still got to pay for hotel and all that other good stuff. Um, so it will be more than 22, but your ticket is like 2200 to 2500 just for base level. Uh, right. So just so if anybody, you know, is thrown off when they hear something like 1500 please don't be, please know she's being a godsend with that price. I, I'm not going to try to fluff it or bluff it but i'm just being real honest in this situation um but yes back to it i would love to uh still figure a way she said she got a monthly payment program she, you know she's thinking about people that look like her um <laughs> <laughs> almost missed that one <laughs> <laughs> so you know but no, nah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm being for real. Like, I, I would love to, to learn, you know what I'm saying, more or as much as I can. I'm actually uh, an owner of a multifamily home with four uh, single one-bedroom, one-bath units. But I don't want to sell it. I'm still trying to finish the rehabbing. It's just nice. hard with coming up with the money, you know what I'm saying, out of pocket. I know, you know, there's different lenders, but... Not gonna lie, I've been scared to pull that trigger just to put myself in more debt or be in a situation where, you know, now I have, you know, to pay somebody or be in a situation where they can use my stuff as collateral because I owe them, you know, because it's still free and clear right now and I'm trying to keep it that way best I can. But if you got some tips for me to be able to finish that up so I can Airbnb it because we're a big factory town where I got it. So Airbnb gotcha. is pretty heavy. So I, that's why I want to keep it. Gotcha. Like because it's free and clear, you could actually go and do a cash out refinance. You don't even need to get a hard money loan. You would just get a new loan, but they would give you the money. And sometimes they can give you up to 80% of the ARV. And that will give you enough money to do the rehab, have some money in reserves to do the Airbnb because I have an Airbnb and it works and it does what it needs to do. But there are some times that's just down and no one's in there. And I still got to make sure I cover, you know, the mortgage and cover all the incidentals. Right, right. And I, I mean, I totally, totally get that, you know, but I still think it'll be. I think it still be profitable enough to take care of what needs yeah. to be taken care of. But I might look into it because, you know what I'm saying, you ain't the first person to say that. Somebody also told me, which maybe you could help elaborate on this with somebody, but a 203K loan. Yeah, um, so that's like an FHA, an FHA 203 loan. The only thing right now, because the interest rates are already high, a 203, you're not seeing a lot of those because the interest rates are so much higher. And that's a personal FHA loan. I always recommend just as a liability piece, I put all my properties in an LLC. That way, if somebody was ever to sue me, they're not suing me personally. They're just suing the property. Well, right now, mine's is in uh, one of my LLCs. Um, okay. So, <clears throat> I mean, I do have it set up to that, but I also wanted to change it into a living trust and then just have one of my LLCs be like an overseer of it. You know? Gotcha. Yeah. Like a, um, what is that? Um, 
real estate companies that basically handle large real estate portfolios, but they don't necessarily own them. I can't even think of the name of them right now. Property uh, manager? Yeah, basically, yeah. Basically, gotcha. like it's a property management company over my gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have a property management company over our Airbnb, but then the rest of them, I manage them on myself. <laughs> Manny said, you believe Fred got a book for everything before he get on the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I ain't gonna lie, Manny. I, I'm passionate in this, but I'm a person who likes to know, you know what I'm saying, at least a little bit about a lot of stuff. I, I try to learn as much as I can if it evolves you know making money or the world moving around i try to you know figure out what i should know about it yeah so deba you have dropped so many gems um tell our listeners where they can find you at social media websites any and all of that that you're that you're uh, ready and willing to share Yes. So you can go to my website and that's where you can sign up for the class. And it's um, douglasdwellings.com. I'll spell spell it real quick. D-O-U-G-L-A-S-D-W-E-L-L-I-N-G-S. You can also find me on social media with Douglas Dwellings, or you can find me on social media and it's Facebook and Instagram with just my first and last name, Deborah Douglas. So Douglas Dwellings is a social media handle and Deva Douglas? Yes. And you said social media. So is that just like Instagram? Is it Facebook, Twitter? It's Instagram and Facebook. Okay. I'm writing it down so I can put it in the show notes later. Gotcha. Um, that is all I got. Um will they be getting wow. able to be able to sign up for you know, to be a mentee or what have you with the wholesaling program through those uh, handles you gave him? Yes, yes. They'll be able to sign up. And honestly, if you just go to my website, there's a tab on there to join the wait list because we're going to be sending out where people can join um, later on, I think this week or next week. But yeah, so that you have that course. And for me, I'm going to be 100% honest. Our culture is fixated on looking rich. And our culture is fixated on showing off whatever we have. And we know good and darn well that it's a lease or we it's a replica or something ain't right. And my focus and I think my, my ultimate passion is to get us where we're at a level that we are wealthy, not rich, but wealthy. And anything I can do to show people how to create your own money, that's powerful. And that's not only going to change you, it's going to change everyone around you. And it's going to be like a wave. Of now you're teaching people that you don't need no one to tell you when and how you can do this. You can create it for yourself. Mm. Y'all go follow her on social media. <laughs> the, the, the name is in the show notes. Uh, go, to, go to the website, DouglasRevelance.com. Get on that wait list. You can follow What's Happening on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at What's Happening, the way it's spelled on your phone. You can follow Fred on Instagram at Mr.Humble underscore beginnings. That is an awesome name to have for this episode in particular, Fred. Uh, you can follow Fred directly on Facebook at Fred Scott. You can follow me uh, on Instagram, Twitter, well, Instagram, Facebook, and um, TikTok at Brad Robinson 1986 or on Twitter at Brad Give us a five star rating. Leave us a review. Share this episode. This is my third time telling y'all this. Love is a verb. If you like what we do, share this episode with a friend or family member. Let them get this good information. Don't hold this all to yourself. Don't be greedy. Share it. Do just like Devin did. She said, I want to share the information. You shared it too. Um, give us a follow. Hit follow on your social media app, wherever you're listening to us at. We appreciate you. Uh, we'll see y'all next week. Devin, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was such a blessing. Yes, thank you. Y'all have a good week. We'll see y'all next week. Peace.